We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of Drinks with Thinks, I'm thrilled to welcome in someone from my past life. When I used to be a sideline reporter covering Major League Soccer, U.S. men's and women's national soccer teams, and who better than to prepare us for all things EPL, MLS, and World Cup qualifying, then former legendary goalkeeper Tim Howard, who now works as an analyst on NBC. We discuss which EPL goalkeeper reminds him of himself, what people don't understand about USA versus Mexico, and who should be the keeper of the future for the red, white, and blue. We're sipping on a little whiskey on the rocks. This is Drinks with Banks. Welcome on Into Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. Some of you out there may know some of my background where I used to be a sideline reporter for soccer covering MLS and the U.S. men's and women's national teams for Fox Sports 1 and ESPN. It was a wonderful time in my life. And I do have a, one of my lasting memories was chasing Bruce Arena down the tunnel after the U.S. lost to Costa Rica at Red Bull Arena. Not that great of a memory, but I have an incredible memory of watching a U.S. star at the 2014 World Cup, none other than Tim Howard, who made 16 saves against Belgium. We all hold that incredible memory. They lost the game, but they had a a wonderful outing against Belgium. And guess who my guest is? Based on that, it is none other than Tim Howard, former U.S. men's national team star for Everton as well, Manchester United, Colorado Rapids, and so many more. Now, sporting director, minority owner for Memphis 901 FC, and of course, analyst on NBC Sports. Tim, it is so great to see you. The last time we we spoke with one another would have been when you were on the pitch. Now you're Mm -hmm. off of it. You're working in television. First of all, congratulations on all of that. And how does it feel? Um, Pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing. It's good to see you. Let's, Let's drink. Mm-hmm. We can do this now. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for having me. You're doing amazing as well. Um, it's great. It's great to be retired. Playing is hard. It's, it, it was, I was done done. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I, I love being retired. I love being on, uh, on television and working uh, for NBC Sports. It's a dream come true. Love it. You know, if you can't play the game, then you want to you wanna watch it and analyze it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a massive fan of the sport, so... Yeah, I'm excited. 
So what's it been like? I mean, you've always looked at the game vertically, like mm. literally. Now you're you get like a completely different vantage point on TV. In what way has the way you look at the game changed now being in the position you're in? Um, not a whole lot. I think more than anything is is you know trying to figure out cadence and delivery. My my the way I view the game and the way I view fouls and penalties and and good goals and bad goals and. Um, you know, patterns of play and tactics, that's not really changed that much. You know, obviously I dig more into it. You know, I'm less self-consumed. I think when you're a player, you're worried about your position, your team, your results. Who do you play next week? Um, that's natural, right? Because it's your job and, and it should be your first priority. Now I look at things more holistically in terms of the overall table, where are certain teams, how are teams trending, et cetera, top and bottom. So, um, yes, as you said, as a player, you, you've got these blinders on, and it's a very vertical view. But um, you know, as 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 you start to analyze the game, it, it opens things up, which I like to be honest. It, it, you know, I'm, you're less consumed with just the here and now, and, and more kind of looking forward and 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 out and seeing who's doing what. Right, it's not as insular and sort of specific mm -hmm. as what you're used to when you're preparing for a match. And you mentioned looking at the table and standings, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, USA, UK, whichever, soccer, sure. football. Um, when when you're looking at EPL, we know that uh, there's the international break right now. Yeah. What's sort of the the story for you and, and your background and who you are that like, that really is speaking to you right now that you think is the, the biggest story in EPL? You know, I think that, Manchester United is always on the tip of everybody's tongue. Um, the the exciting part is that it, you know it's a three horse race at the top. It will you know I think Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City will go to the wire, which kind of will take care of itself and, and be a nice storyline as we start to trend towards the end of the season, which we're not even you know close to that. Um, Manchester United, it's it's you know whether it's a great season or a bad season, uh, people talk about United, you know, Ronaldo's there and, um, you know, what, what's, what's the problem? Why can't they keep pace? What's, who's the issue? Um, mm -hmm. Coaching, all of those things. And that, that's going to, that's forever. I mean, you look back since the beginning of the Premier League, it, everyone talks about Manchester United. Um, you know, I think the other interesting thing now is kind of, you know, West Ham are on this really magical run. Uh, under David Moyes, brilliant, brilliant team. They've, they've, they're there on merit. And, uh, you know, can they keep that going? It's going to be really tough. Yeah, and you mentioned Manchester United. That is where, regardless, everyone's attention usually sure. is. They've had four wins in 12 games, and they have this break right now. Mm. What is the biggest issue that they can try to rectify before mm. they get back to playing? Uh, no, I don't think they can rectify the issue because uh, because – you know, Manchester United are um, they're a force going forward. They have so many attacking options. You know, I think their their Achilles heel is the fact that they, you know, they continually go behind in games. Um, and there was this really kind of nice niche stat where they gained so many points um, coming from behind, and that sounds great. But when you're when you're a top team, when you're supposed to win the Premier League, you can't do that. The teams are too good. Um, so I actually don't love that for them. And, I, you know, when you talk about the other three teams, Liverpool, City, and Chelsea, they're so very good in transition. And I think that I think defensively Manchester United is, is fine. I don't think they're – I think they're back four. They've been a little unstable, but attacking, they're brilliant. They're back four. Um, and goalkeeper have been shaky recently, but I, I do like them. I think they're strong. 
it's in the middle of the park, and I, I don't think they have a really strong base at the middle of the park. They play with two number sixes, which then hinders their their ability to play another attacker. Um, you know, when you look at, when you look at the best teams in the league, they have you know, they, they have their midfield sorted, and so right now. Uh, and 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 look, it was supposed to be addressed. They talked about maybe bringing Declan Rice from uh, West Ham. They talked about Ibasuma from Brighton. So they know that they they have a need for a proper box to box number six that gets about. And right now they're piecing things together, and that's been the massive Achilles heel for them. So I don't think that can get rectified. Right. So they still have that issue. So then, how much is this an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer problem? Sure. Well, I think I think the question is, and this is what everyone's asking: what 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 direction is the train going in? If 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 ownership believes that the important thing to do is to qualify for Champions League, which you know you have to you have to place four or above, then yeah, can he can he be the guy to do that? Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, if if the objective is different than that, this team doesn't seem to ha- be going in that direction. They don't seem to. I don't think that they can do really any better than top four. You know. Um, but that's a lot of money spent. That's that's yeah. there's a heck of a lot of history there to only be satisfied with that. But again, that comes from the top down. If that's that's the you know if that's the objective, I think that's a that's that's fine for them, really. You know, and I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can be the manager for that. If 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 it's to go beyond that, not with this current team, no. Right. Well, one of your other former teams, Everton, mm-hmm. uh, Christian Polanco, who works with us, is a big Everton fan. Also, my boyfriend is now. An Everton fan this year. He became, he Amazing. took a test, said he'd be Liverpool. And I said, you can't, like, no, nah, you can't be no. Liverpool. And sure. so I was like, okay, I think I'll pick Everton. And I was like, yay, good, got him a jersey, everything. It's not necessarily been the best of mm. times, but what would you say in terms of maybe words of encouragement mm. for fans of the Toffees? Well, I've never met your boyfriend, but hearing that, he seems like, he seems like an amazing guy. Um, it's difficult. You know, I said at the beginning of the season, they are um, very thin. Their squad is very, very thin. They've got they've got quality and they can win football matches in the Premier League. Um, but if you lose Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which they did to injury, they're going to struggle. Richarlison came back from just a mm-hmm. whirlwind summer. So he didn't get off the mark. He didn't hit the ground running. That's an issue. Um, yeah. So, so when you look at, when you look at, their team as a whole, um, not a ton of depth. Obviously, uh, Andres Townsend has come in and done really, really well. Um, Damari Gray has been an absolute steal up top. Um, really good signing, not a ton of money at all, you know, from, from a Premier League standard. So they have some pieces, but it's, 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 it's difficult in that, you know, you know, you talk about where Everton want to finish, you know, in European spots, there's a lot of good teams there. And so, they don't have a lot of depth, as I said, and they have to keep, you know, if you don't, you have to keep your best players on the pitch, and they haven't done that quite yet. So there's been some okay. inconsistency. I'm not super, like, amped up with that answer, but... No, neither am I. Neither am I, by no. the way. Yeah. Is that tough? Uh, well, yeah, look, I, I always root for teams that, you know, I've played for and that I have an affinity for, but the truth is the truth, and so that's where we are at the moment. Okay, well... We're, we're, you know, we, we're in reality here. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, sadly it's a reality check. Hey, listen, I'm a fan of Arsenal, so I've seen reality real oh, yeah. hard and fast. We're better at the um, moment. Better at the moment. Better at the moment, and it's just one of those things where you're like, I never fully 
believe it <laughs> until I see them finish yeah, third yeah, or fourth yeah. always. Um, well, I mean, that would be amazing at this point. That would be amazing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. get into some u.s stuff because mm. speaking of being a legend uh you know mm. you're, you're synonymous with the red white and blue from the iteration of the u.s men's national team that you were on to now what do you think are the differences and similarities to who we see on the pitch versus like obviously different players some yeah. at some point but like yeah. the identity versus when you played well i think the identity of uh, well Certainly the players that are playing now um, are, are, are playing at much bigger clubs. Um, just as, as a, on the whole, not everyone, uh, but on the whole, there are some players that, that are playing at, you know, the tippy top of, of European football, which is amazing. You know, Chelsea and Juventus and Barcelona. Um, and that's probably, you know, the first time in, in the history of, of U.S. soccer that we've had that, um, you know, there's been the one-off. But, you know, you can never, no matter what, I think as an American national, U.S. national team player, you can never get too far away from the grit and the determination and the hard work and the, I don't know, the ability to, to fight for the shirt, you know. And I think that's that's a starting point. So uh, when I look at this team, I, I, I think they have that. We saw that in the um, – in the Nations Cup final, you know, against Mexico, the way they battled and the way they fought and the resiliency, you know, that's how you get measured as a U.S. player is the games against Mexico. And so with that said, you know, the, the, the next one coming up is going to be massive and just another test for this young team. Right. Okay, so USA, Mexico, Dosa Cero, so much history. Mm. For those that have played it and um, that, that have been on the pitch, maybe been at Azteca or whether you've welcomed Mexico to the U.S., what's something that, that those players and yourself understand about this rivalry that we could possibly never understand? Um, I think when – I think, yeah, that's a great question. When What gets misconstrued in the public is – in order to hate someone, you have to respect somebody, and I think that gets lost uh, um, a lot with the with the fan base. And I, I hate the Mexican players. I hate the Mexican fans. I hate the Mexican Football Federation. I respect all of them. I respect all of them for going into battle with me, um, bringing the best out of me, 
um, making me feel an emotion, nerves, joy, um, heartache that, that nothing could ever, like nothing in life could ever give me that, that game, that, that rivalry gives me that. And so there's so much respect there. Um, and it doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, between between you know the players and and the and the federation, so uh, it's a special it's a special game to be a part of. Right, that is a, a great perspective to bring to the masses, as you mentioned. Mm. A lot of people don't necessarily see that. For you, you you know, you've had the highs and lows with the U.S. Um, you know, I don't want to relive a, a hard memory for you, but curious as someone watching it. But in 2018, when you guys didn't make the World Cup. Yeah. What is a, a memory or a moment from that time? Maybe it was the final whistle where, when you realized you weren't going to the World Cup, that has stuck with you. Um, I, yeah, it, it's. I think the the tough part, you know, sports are there's highs and lows, and I think you have to be able to deal with both of them. Um, I, I remember, and I God, I hadn't had this feeling. It felt like I hadn't had this feeling very, very often in life. What inside of football, outside of football, doesn't matter. Where I, the final whistle blew, and I just remember thinking, I was rooming with Demarcus Beasley down in Trinidad. You know, he and I are both veterans, and just remember sitting there on the field in the locker room on the bus, and you know, having food which you couldn't even eat, um, you know, because it was so distraught, and then being in the room, kind of thinking. This is real, but it's not real. We'll play another game. There's got to be some sort of way that there's got to be some sort of playoff. There's got we got to be able to replay the game. Something has to happen because this can't be reality. Clearly, it was, and you know that that almost defiance of like this this can't be real. This can't be real. And then the next, you know, probably it, I mean, it still stings. Uh, but I mean, the next three or four days, week, two weeks, I, I was pretty numb. I was pretty emotionally numb, and it was and, and the only way I could best describe it is it was there was this haze it was this there was kind of this fog uh that i was in that i just um you know i went to i, I had a couple of days off i went to my my home in florida and i just kind of pottered around aimlessly because i, I was in i was so distraught and in disbelief and so i never really felt that um never really felt that before and, you know certainly with, so with with soccer you know you win some you lose some but this this was something completely different Wow, it's kind of like mourning the loss of, yeah. of something happening and kind of the different stages of grief that you go Definitely. through when that happens. Definitely. And for this team right now, for them to avoid having to deal with that, what is maybe one thing that they need to keep in mind? Having you've already been yeah. through all this before. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, you know earning back-to-back -back results is is really important. You know, I think you. In World Cup qualifying, very rarely is a team going to go undefeated. And, you know, just just kind of picking up points, always trying to put in good performances where you know on, on on certain match windows where you have two or three games, making sure that in that in those those periods you're always picking up uh, some points. You know, where, where we where where we failed wasn't at the end uh, in 2018; it was at the beginning. Um, versus Mexico, and then going down to Costa Rica, getting beat really, really bad, um, and so we, we lost. We, we completely lost a match window uh, where we didn't pick up any points. And so at the end, when you look at, uh, you don't have to be perfect in qualifying, but you can't do that. And when you right. look back at Trinidad and the final whistle and all that, it wasn't lost there. It was no. lost in the beginning. And so, um, yeah, that's this team seems to be doing fine in that regard. Um, 
you know, gaining momentum. Are they playing their best now? No, they don't want to be playing their best now. They want to continue to, you know, get better. Uh, but as you do that, making sure they pick up points and they're doing it. Right, to peak at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as you mentioned, the getting points early when you should. And I mean, I wasn't, I obviously wasn't playing in the game, but I remember even just against Panama at the end in Orlando and it was like, mm-hmm. yay, we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. amazing how quickly it can, the tide can turn. Well, I think um, that's a great point. I think, you know, we beat Panama so handedly. It was almost a no-brainer. That's why I think that, you know, the, when we just talked about the, the yeah. feeling of loss, there was there was never a moment until the final whistle blew that I, I didn't think we were going to the World Cup. Like, I, I didn't go into the game. Going, it, was, it was kind of a layup for us. We were going to go to the World Cup. And so that's kind of what played also what played into it. Definitely. And I'm sorry to bring that up. Um, no, it's part that's of the history. That's what we do here. Uh, yeah. We, we, yeah. By the way, let's take a little cheers. You've had an incredible career no. with everything you've done, and I'm so in awe of it all. And we'll drink to that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We're going to play a little game right now. Let's do it. We'll liven liven the mood up a bit. Um, So back in 2014... There was the sort of meme of like things Tim Howard could yeah. save, yeah. which is great. And so great. I'm going to give you a few statements. Yeah. And if you agree with them, you're, I guess you're allowing the ball to go by you. You're like, yep, yeah, okay. they just scored on me. I agree. Yeah. Um, if you do not agree with it, you're like, you send that ball away, you make the save and then you tell me, you tell me why you're like, okay. I, I'm making that save because blank. I disagree. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. No. Perfect. Okay. Let's play things Tim Howard could save. Number one, the team most likely to win MLS Cup is the New England Revolution. Um, I have to save that one. That's a block. Okay. Yeah, block. block it. Blocked it. Because Colorado Rapids... My old team, New England, Bruce is doing amazing, amazing. My old team is on fire at the moment. So um, got to root for the underdog always, blocked. Okay. And the team that you played for. Got to root for the team that you played for too. With my guys. All right. So for things Tim Howard can save, are you saving or are you letting it sail through? Zach Steffen should be the number one goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, should he be the number one for the U.S. going forward? Um, I'll block that because Zach Steffen, in my opinion, should be the greatest U.S. goalkeeper of all time. He has all the tools. He is um, athletically more gifted than anyone who's graced the field, um, has brilliant goalkeeping ability. Currently, he's not playing. So, um, in due time, do I think so? Absolutely. But if I'm 
and I've been in this situation. If I'm if I'm Matt Turner and I'm playing for arguably the best team in MLS and I'm in form, if I get dropped, I'm gonna go knock on room thirteen twenty three in you know, in the Hilton, the suite that Greg Burholder's in, and I'm gonna knock on his door and say, Look, Gafford, there's no reason to drop me and you're wrong. So that that's how I would play it if I was if I was uh, Matt Turner. But that being said, um, I don't think you can you can keep greatness down. And Zach Steffen will and should be the greatest U.S. goalkeeper of all time. So um, so long as you know he's not playing regular football, that's but that's that's football at every level. You know, if you're not playing if you're not playing regularly, then it's very difficult to um, you know play for your national team. So, but in due time, yes. Well, that's some high praise from someone who knows that position well. So Zach Steffen will be happy to hear that, I'm sure, as he probably grew up watching your every move. Yeah, for sure. If I could be anyone else, it would be Stu Holden. That's a massive block. That's like a clean sheet shutout. Why in the world would I want to be Stu Holden? I love him. I love him. He knows that. No, that's a block. That's That's a block. It's a guy, but it's a block. Because you know why? I'll tell you why. Stu can't grow a beard like this. Why would, why, why would I want to go through life with a baby face like Stu when you can have a scraggly, rough, nasty beard? It's a block. Right. You two changing facial hair would be like super <laughs> out of this world. Okay. So that's the meme. That's the next meme. Someone change mine with Stu's facial hair. Uh, you're very lucky that we are out of time, and my questions about Jurgen Klinsmann and Canada are Ooh. not are going to be saved to the next edition Ooh. of Things to Howard. Good save. Before we go, though, Tim, where can we find you next? What what have you got going on that you want to tell us about? Gosh, um, just early Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. If you can get, get up that early, get your coffee, uh, you know, watch us covering the Premier League because it's absolutely brilliant. Premier League mornings, NBC. It is. It is awesome. And we have had a number of his co-workers on Rebecca Lowe, Arlo White. You can watch those episodes on our YouTube account, Fubo Sports. You know where to find it, as well as on Twitter and Instagram. Also, we got the Commonwealth South American World Cup qualifier. So much soccer coverage here slash football. Tim, thank you so much for being here. Cheers to you. Thank you. And everyone out there, thank you so much for watching. Until next time, bottoms up, bitches. (laughs) 